It's week nine of the Swinford Chats podcast with myself, Tommy Stenson. And myself, Caha Kelly. Of course, in association with the Gateway Hotel in Swinford. Hey, Tommy, how are you keeping? Good. Uh, last week, we've talked about it for the last couple of weeks. Every week, we'd be like, when is January over? Well, it's finally coming to the end, Cahal. I bet you're glad. That's it. I think there's been I think there's been about nine weeks of this January, Tommy. Yeah. So I think the, I just have this feeling that the, the first day of spring next week now is going to have a great uh, psychological boost for everyone. I know uh, we're all still in lockdown and we hope everyone is keeping safe and well and uh, hopefully... Uh, you're enjoying the chats every week. And of course, we have lots to come on this week's podcast because we're going around the world virtually uh, in more ways than one. We're going to be talking about the Health Hub's uh, Steps Challenge for Down Syndrome Ireland West and the Butterfly Garden. And as well as that, we're going to the US as well, Cahal. That's right. We're, we're hooking up with uh, the one and only uh, Jerry O'Sullivan, who will be well known to many people around Swinford. Jerry has some very strong uh, class or connections and is a well-round worldwide Irish musician, so I'm uh, really looking forward to catching up with Jerry. Now, Cahal, you mentioned last week about the county development plan and uh, future ideas for Swinford. Do you have a little bit more information on that this evening? That's right, Tommy. I suppose I just ask you to forgive me if I ramble on a bit here, but uh, I suppose that, as I said last week, Mayo County Council are currently looking for submissions for the county plan. This will be the county development plan from to take the county through 2021 to 2027. So I suppose, as I said last week, it's time for us to, to get our submissions in and, uh, and make sure that uh, we make strong representations for our town and community here. And uh, as I said last week, it's a project we're going to do under the umbrella of Swinford.ie. It's just to look at ways we can and look at for ideas as to how we can um, develop and strengthen the town. Uh, no more than as you, no more than yourself, Tommy. Uh, we're both uh, proud Swinford men. And, exactly. Um, we're, we're very lucky and delighted to, I suppose, to be based at home. But, uh, uh, and I want to, uh, very importantly, I, I kind of want to keep the, the message uh, positive. I, I, I found with experience sometimes that when you open these things up, you can get the, a lot of negativity. You know, people will kind of tell you, oh, everything you don't have. Instead of concentrating on all the, the wonderful things we do have here, uh, you know, as I said, I'm, I'm a, anyone who knows me knows I'm a, a passionate uh, Swinford man. Um, I love my town, to be honest. I think it's the, the best town in Ireland. And uh, I think there's so many, there's so many, I've just even scribbled down here on a, on a few pieces of paper. There's so many wonderful attributes to the town. And um, I suppose looking forward, I was thinking to myself, like, what is it we're looking for? And I suppose what we're looking for is um, is to create, a, I suppose it's create opportunities in the town so that is, that. One thing we've talked about here, and, and we know a lot of the diaspora are listening to us all over the world. And I I suppose myself, I've seen emigration in the 80s and emigration again in the noughties. And I, what I'd like to see is that we strengthen the town to be such a case that there's opportunities here that people don't don't have to move away. Now, I know people will always move away to different places and that, but that there'll be opportunities here that Swinford people could stay and, and grow and, and develop their own lives here in their own hometown and the surrounding areas, Class or Mealick, Midfield, Colmore, all the surround, wonderful surrounding areas we have here. And I mean, we have such we have great location. I mean, we're we're the gateway, pardon the pun, to the to North Mayo. We're, we're the gateway to Mayo. We have a fantastic location for experience in the west of Ireland and for working, maybe even working in the bigger towns, but building your life here in Swinford. I mean, we have wonderful amenities. 
Tommy. I mean, you know, the park, the football pitches, the soccer pitch, the handball, tennis courts, community centres. And I know we've mentioned over the last couple of weeks, we've mentioned that there, you know, we've found over the last number of years, there are so many clubs and organisations. So really the message is we just want to build and grow on what we have already. And uh, as we mentioned, the potential that we can have for, for the town and surrounding areas. Absolutely, Tommy. As you said, like uh, three words I wrote down here is like building, developing and strengthening uh, the, the town and, and again and the wonderful surrounding areas. I mean, uh, like there's seven national schools, there's a secondary school, there's all, as you said, there's all the clubs and organisations. I think we've mentioned that there's over 50, possibly over 60 uh, active clubs and organisations. And they're not just sports, there's cards, there's music, there's drama, there's choir, you know, like, I mean, there's knitting and, uh, you know, and, and it's no more than the name of this podcast, Went for Chats, it's opportunities for people to get to know each other, mix. And I said, I keep going back to just building, building your life here in town. I mean, as we mentioned last week, the courthouse now is looking for, has, has turned into a, a, a hub, a digital hub. And I mean, that's going to uh, develop so much creativity. You know, who's to say that someone sitting in the courthouse next week on a laptop mightn't be establishing a big company uh, here in Swinford uh, in the next in the next few years and and I suppose the thing to remember about this call is some people might be listening to this and think you know I might be too young to actually uh, you know give my ideas uh, but that that's important because this is planning for the future so in the future these people will be the ones that will be living in the area as well absolutely Tommy and 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 like the future look the future is digital you know and they know the youngsters as I said to yourself every you know the digital world more than a lot of us you know, and you see things and have ideas. And if, you ha- if you're sitting at home and you have ideas, share it. You know, we can grow it out. I mean, we, we had a great year a couple of years ago, which we've alluded to here on the chats a few times, the Swinford 250 celebrations back in 2019. And I mean, the great thing about them was we kept it simple, you know, but the, the amount of events and ideas that came out of that year, just from people talking to each other, people sharing the ideas, you know, and Swinford people love, love to get together. I've seen that over the years. Swinford people love to get together. It doesn't have to be mad budgets. And I, I hate the word, I've said this to you before, Tommy, I hate the word committees. You know, let's, let, let's small working groups mm. uh, come up with an idea, have a target. Some might last, might take six weeks, two weeks, six months, six years, you know, but develop them out and, you know, get involved and, and grow them together, you know. And even, you know, one, I was just writing down here, like, for, for and it was kind of, I changed 2021 to 2022, the way the year is looking. Mm. But already, like, uh, I mean, in the year, uh, the year of calendar events for Swinford, there's something happening every month. And I'm a big believer in that that's, that's uh, a thing for a town and a community like ourselves. We need, we need to have events happening, you know. And I mean, there's, there's the Nunagnaman in January. There's the Woodturners uh, Conference in February. There's the Patrick's Day celebrations in March. There's the Easter celebrations and usually every April, the, the, the Duathlon Club always run an event. In June, we have the Cultural and Heritage Festival. In, in July and August, we have Shimsha. I mean, Shimsha is, is, is known worldwide over. I mean, Shimsha celebrated 35 years there a couple of years ago, which was astounding for a small town to continuously have a festival every year is a credit to Breed O'Connell and Brendan and all the people who have worked hard with Shimsha. And you know yourself, Tommy, you're flat out over Shimsha. People mm. love coming home. I mean, I could fill the hotel 20 times over okay. every Shimsha. You know, there's the agricultural show. I mean, a fantastic organization every year putting on. 
in September, the Athletics Club have started the half marathon weekend. Uh, we'd hope to have the Mayo History Conference again in September. In October, the Swinford Coaches put on their fantastic October festival every year to fail in the sauna. In November, we have the Swinford Literary Festival. And then in December, we have the Christmas Festival. I mean, that's those things will happen and those things will be great. And But there's other things that can come off that. And look, and then, you know, and I know next year, 2022, the golf club are going to be celebrating their centenary wow. again, which is a fantastic achievement. I mean, we have so much, so much positivity, so, so much to look forward to, to strengthen and to build. But we can't just, people can't just sit back and think these things are going to happen or these clubs will survive. We need community involvement. And I know you mentioned this last week on the podcast that, you know, uh, people people can get in touch via the, the Swinford.ie platforms. People have this week, so I know you want to say thanks to them as well for doing that. Absolutely, but yeah. people I can mean, still continue. Feedback and, I, and I ask you, please continue to, to, to keep sending it in. I know, like, I mean, we've, we've mentioned many times, like, what could be developed around the town. Like, a Greenway is a continuously one that keeps coming up, and we hope to talk to Mayor County Council about that. I mean, they're no brainers, greenway and walkways. I mean, these these areas exist, and the return on investment and the return to the people of the town and to visitors it, it would be immense, you know. But what we have and our biggest strength is our community spirit. I mean, we have a fantastic community spirit in this in this town and area. It's it's it never ceases to astound me the amount of volunteerism that goes into running all these events and all the clubs and organisations and. Uh, I would just ask you to, you know, but as it keeps in the length of future, we have to build for the future. We can't sit still. We can't just let it happen. We have to kind of own our own future. And, uh, I, you know, as I said, forgive me if I'm rambling, but uh, I mean, this, this podcast gives me the platform. <laughs> and I, I can see the passion, as, as Carl. Most, you know, and, and I think we're, we're that's locked the... at the moment. So uh, I cannot rant at my uh, staff and guests <laughs> like I normally can during, during the week. So uh, here's the platform. Is, this, well, this is, this is not really rant, but, you know, but and I and I hope and as I said, please, please, please send me in your ideas to info at swinford.ie and we will put together a project and a development and uh, and together, you know, we'll 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 make this town. We're all proud of it anyway, but we'll continue and and make it grow on that in that they're having Swinford three hundred celebrations in fifty years time, Swinford four hundred celebrations in hundred fifty years time. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you something for that because I thought that was so good, Kyle. <laughs> so we're delighted to welcome uh, Michelle Malone from the Swinford Health Hub on to the chats this week. Hey, Michelle. Hi, how are you? Thanks very much for joining us. Uh, Michelle, we wanted to, uh, you to join us this week because you've undertaken a big challenge for January. Can you tell us a bit more about that? We sure did. Um, so we had always planned on doing a charity event, actually, for um, we had planned on celebrating our first year in business. And we were going to do like a big charity event. And then, of course, lockdown hit and all of that. So we didn't actually get to do our like face to face big charity event. Um, so then we decided that um, January is obviously a good month. People are looking to, you know, get back into health and fitness and all that kind of stuff. So we said we try and do something like simple by just literally going out for a walk and making every step count. And I suppose that was the whole concept of us, is that every step counts. So we said while we were doing that, um, that we would incorporate the charities that we wanted to raise money for originally and do an around the world challenge. So it's, it's 20 um, million steps 
uh, around the world in 31 days in January. And we wanted to raise money for the Butterfly Garden in Swinford and Down Syndrome Ireland West. So Michelle, you've walked a lot of those steps yourself, have you? I've walked a good few of the steps myself now. Yeah, I've been out pretty much every day, um, which is great. Um, especially when those days when you're like, you don't feel like going out and reminds you that, you know, it's not just you you're doing it for, that, you know, there's other people, you're actually doing it for a good cause and for other people. So when your motivation isn't there to like go out in the rain, the snow, the sun, I think we've had every single um, season of weather um, in the past month. So <laughs> this has been the longest January on record. Oh my God. It's like January, think, January, 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 yeah. December. It's going to be Christmas soon. I think this is the eighth <laughs> week of this January. I, I feel hell. Yeah. And I, I, I'm one of those annoyingly happy people in January. I actually like, I love January. I'm like, yes, let go. New goals, new everything. I'm all like, woohoo. Like even the guys in the gym, can you just go away uh, with your happiness? I'd be like, I'll be a totally different person in February, but January I love. But this year is like, wow, it's going on forever and ever and ever and ever. It's the longest month ever. Uh, you mentioned the gym there, Michelle, and that, that last year you would have been celebrating a uh, one year in business. You, in fact, you opened up a, a new gym there in Swinford back in 2019, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, the 5th of, of, of April. <laughs> we'll be coming up to our second year anniversary. <laughs> um, having not even reached the first year anniversary fully open. But uh, yeah, because we the gym was closed with everything going on with COVID on like the, the I think it was like the 16th or something of March. Um, so we were only a month away like about two or three weeks away from hitting our like first um, uh, anniversary. But yeah, so it was the 5th of April. So yeah, we're, we're, I, 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 it's hard to, I, I don't even know, are we a year open or what stage? Cause we didn't get to celebrate that year. But anyways, we're, we're existing, we're running, we're up, we're there. Um, and I yeah. suppose it's been a huge success because we know you started in Swinford with It's So Shelley and then the gym came along, but you've been got so many awards over the last number of years for the gym as well. So that must be a real bonus and really satisfactory as well. Um, oh, yeah, it is like, I mean, there's no point in saying that it's, you know, that it's not like um, it's nice to get a bit of recognition, I suppose, um, for the for the work that you put in. Um, but like you don't do these things on your own either, you know, um, like I remember coming to Swinford and starting classes, you know, in the cultural centre, in a beautiful space in the cultural centre and then teaching classes in Cottles um, out the back, like, you know, and lobbing equipment up the stairs. And, <laughs> you know, that's where it all started. Like I was getting my workout, bringing the equipment in for everybody up and down the stairs uh, <laughs> to use the bathroom in Cottles place. But uh, so like that's where it all started from, you know, um, and I think it's just the community that's kind of like come together. They've enjoyed it. And it's because of them that I've managed to keep progressing to the next stage or, you know, um, build the classes to more than what they are. And then to eventually, like I've always had a dream of wanting to open a gym. I've been involved in it my whole life. So I just didn't know it was going to be in Mayo and Swinford. <laughs> you know, I had no idea where it was going to be. But um, so, yeah, getting the awards along the way is, you know, is obviously something that's that I am proud of and um, that, you know, you have I've you've worked for, but it's not the be all and end all. But it is nice to get the recognition, I suppose, at the same time. And I suppose despite the gym being closed over the last couple of months, uh, you've still continued to do lives on, on Facebook and Instagram and different things like that. And I suppose that's really appreciated, too. But it's, it's a different uh, it's a different environment for it. It, oh, it sure is. Like, and to be fair, like all of the staff, I probably would have been online a lot more, I guess, than the rest of the guys. And they really wouldn't have been. So like 
the staff themselves have been completely thrown out of, you know, their comfort zones. Like they were working face to face with people coming into the gym. And that's what you do, like in a community environment, like you're working face to face with people. So to then start teaching into, a, you know, a, a, a laptop and you don't know who's, you know, following along or, you know, screaming at your phone to go deeper in squats, like when you can't see anyone, you're like, what the bloody hell is going on? But they've all just... You know, and we've like basically since we've closed, we've we've pretty much whatever it is now, eight months of just doing everything for free, like free classes, free lives, free content, free just motivation. And for anybody that's, you know, wanted, I suppose, that little bit of help. And like I've been on maternity leave, if you like, I've had a baby in the middle of it all as well. Congratulations on that. All of the. Yeah. It's really all the staff um, and the fact that they've all just been. What can you do when you just you know, move the goalposts and carry on and do the best you can. Like, Well, I have to say, I, I seen seen last night uh, live on Instagram and uh, no harm to let you at it because there was there was a bit of singing, a bit of dancing, a oh, uh, workout. <laughs> it was it was very, very good. But you mentioned free classes and you're also running the initiative of uh, kids classes on Friday mornings. Yeah, yeah. So um, I yeah, like I suppose what we were looking at, we're also going to be um. We're also going to be actually starting something for the older adults as well, um, because we feel like um, there's so much out there and so much content out there and so many um, ways that you can access information as just a general population adult if you wanted to, you know, I suppose, do any exercise. But when it comes to kids, there's not a huge amount. I mean, there's obviously different people like the likes of the master who is Joe Wicks doing things like that. But I think as a community um like you know who paula for example who is the manager of the gym has kids of that age going to the local school here in swinford so you know for her kids to get a shout out on you know friday saying well done to like Maeve and Saoirse for doing so well and taking part in the classes so we kind of wanted to bring the community feel into all the local schools around you know and, and get them involved in doing um doing a bit of exercise um so this Friday at 11 o'clock, Anthony is going to be taking the class. So if there is any kids out there that want to get a shout out or if they want to, you know, their names to be called out, that they're doing a great job to, you know, get in touch, get their parents or their mums or dads to send a message to the health hub with their name. And we give them a shout out this Friday when we're teaching the class. Brilliant. That's fantastic. That's a great service because I know I've heard a lot of talk this week about how important it is to get young kids into exercising and, and having fun while doing it as well. Yeah, the sooner the better. So Michelle, you're you're actually uh, you're married to a a Swinford man, a good collapser man, Liam Filan, and you just relocated back in the last couple of years. Uh, it was kind of Swinford always on the. I know everyone wants to live in Swinford. I'm sure it was the dream, Michelle. <laughs> well, you know, ever since I was a little girl, I uh, <laughs> Colosser was always on my number one. Um, never mind Ibiza, Colosser is the place to go. Um, Listen, when I met Liam, um, it's funny, really, like it was, you know, back in 2012 when when myself and Liam uh, uh, met. But you, you meet somebody from Mayo, you're ending up back in Mayo. Like, that's basically how it's all it's, part it, of the plan, Michelle. It, it's, yeah, basically, it's like he introduced, hi, my name's Liam. But, you know, if we're going to end up together, we're going to be moving back to Mayo. So do you want to go for a drink? You know, that, that's kind of how it is. Um, so I always knew that Liam was going to want to move back here. Um, that was always his his plan. And uh, yeah, move to Colossal. So it was always on his radar. And luckily enough, I really like it. <laughs> Thank God. He and got me to Castlebar first. 
And then uh, we moved, um, obviously, out to Colossal then. So, yeah, I was always on, always on the agenda, eventually. So I suppose you now own a pair of football boots, but also a pair of wellies as well, because they go hand in oh, hand, I, do they? I have more wellies now than I have football boots. That's the way it is now at the minute. And I have them in a few different colours and everything as well, apparently, to entice me. But uh, I'm too busy with the baby now to stand in the gap anymore. So I'm all right for another while. <laughs> You're off the hook. Right, congratulations to yourself and... Um, and Liam, on the arrival of uh, baby Kobe, wasn't it? Just before Christmas there. Yeah, yeah, the 9th of November. So, yeah, we've had it. Do you know what? It's probably, in some ways, it's a nice time for us to have the baby now. And I know it's difficult in lockdowns and things aren't open and all that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a really nice time for us as a family, I suppose, to kind of find our feet as well and figure it out as new parents, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And he's he's 12 weeks old now, so it's 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 after flying by, really. But, uh, yeah, we're, we're, in, we're enjoying life and, so and, far, and anyway. Of course, he, he's already experienced the Mayo initiation of uh, experiencing a losing All-Ireland final. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's just the never-ending. I was like, Kobe, you're going to be playing full forward for, for Mayo <laughs> When they win the all Ireland, I hope we won it before then. <laughs> <laughs> he, apparently, he's a tall baby, so I'm like, throw him in full forward. He'll be great. We'll Catch the, a few uh, balls. Start throwing <laughs> the ball now, Michelle, and just teach him how to score goals. It's goals we need. <laughs> yeah. Goals win games, isn't that yeah, it? That's it. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Now we always we always try on the podcast. I'm trying for the last couple of weeks, but um you know, to get Cahal to do something a little bit different. But when I seen, I seen that you're also a yoga instructor. So I'm thinking, oh God, yeah. I think Cahal could be the perfect person to become the next yogi. So I don't know what you think, I, but. I totally agree. I always say to Cahal, I'll get you up there. Ne- I'll get you up there yet. I'll get yeah. you up there yet. <laughs> That's it, so just up beside my home place now. I might, I might get you up. I mightn't get you up there yet, but we could get you on Zoom doing it. You know, you don't even have to leave your house and we'll get you doing an owl down dog. My only experience of yoga was when I, I did a trip to India 12 years ago. And uh, the camp we were in had yoga every morning. I used to go for a walk. <laughs> you, you'd walk by them doing the yoga. Yes, yes, I used to see them putting their leg around the back of their head and thinking, no, I can't do that. <laughs> I reckon you'd make a good a good pigeon pose now. No bother to you. Or an old tree. You'd be sound. <laughs> you'd be a solid tree now, Paul. It's a, it's a good job. This is an audio podcast. And <laughs> no, no I can't vision. see what you're doing right now. Yeah. But, uh, I suppose talking about the online, Michelle, uh, you can't beat... Yeah. You can't beat the, the four walls, can you? You can't beat the interaction no. with people and meeting with people. Yeah, absolutely. Like, And I think, you know, um, there's a lot, a lot of online coaches out there. I do that myself, obviously. I'm, you know, I, I like in, in online training um, and I like it. And it's a great way of connecting with people and probably people that, you know, can't work with you on a face-to-face basis. But for me, I've worked in gyms. I've been qualified since like 2002. Ugh showing my age now but like even before that I was like going to the gym and I just always um I personally like the face-to-face connection that you make with somebody I like being able to say hi Kyle, how was your day today I like to your face um you know and I think you really build that um connection with somebody when they're actually sitting in front of you you know and you can look into their eyes and say like how are you how are you doing how are things going and um, because I think personal training there's a lot of misconceptions about it but I definitely know for us and for all of the guys in the gym it's not about just getting results it's about actually checking in to see how the person is and like I even know all the staff now at the moment are ringing every single member that we have in the gym literally just to see how they are you know how are you how are you doing yeah. because we don't know who's getting phone calls or who's not 
you know, getting to connect with anyone. We don't know people's situations. So for us, it's just, it's a community thing. You come into the gym, you sit down, you have a chat, you let us know how you're feeling. And then we you know, obviously go into your sessions or whatever the case may be. But yeah, the community and that face-to-face interaction is hugely important. Yeah, I think that's pretty nice. That's how we will get through this and then enjoy the days all the better when, when we come Absolutely, out. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I, I get the sense from talking to you that, you know, the gym, you know, there's a business aspect to it, but there's also the, the people who go to it and the clients and there's that sense of community for you. You know, you are doing the free live classes, you're doing the around the world step challenge, uh, you're doing the kids classes. So there's a really nice sense there that, that you know, you want the gym to be to be at the forefront of the community as well, which is which is nice. Oh, like, but that's the only reason for me to do it. Like, I, I feel like, that's I, I've been doing it for so long that you're kind of I, my passion is there. As I say to you, if I ever wanted to become a millionaire, I wouldn't be a gym owner. <laughs> you know, that's not the way to go. Like, you are not going to be, you know, living that kind of lifestyle in Colossal now with the gym. <laughs> but uh, I just I love it. And I was actually I had a Zoom call with all the guys this evening and we're like trying to plan for the next six weeks. What are we going to do? You know, another lockdown and stuff. And uh, we just, uh, and even the guys around, I just absolutely love it. I love it. I love teaching. I love the crack. I love the women that come in. I love the community. And we have lots of different age groups and stuff that come in as well. So it's not like, I even have like the young lads that come in, some of them playing, you know, football and stuff with Stanford and whatnot. And like just the crack that you have with them, you know, it's a social aspect as well. It's not just about come in, lose weight, go out. And if you don't lose weight, you're doing terrible. But like just having the crack and getting away from the husbands, the kids, you know, the whole lot or whatever, and literally having that outlet just to, you know, get away for an hour or two. So for me, it really is. And because I'm obviously not from Mayo, I'm not from Swinford. So for me, I either what sit at home and work on a laptop and never meet anybody, or it's, I suppose, my way of integrating into the community as well and meeting people and getting to know people and working with people in an environment, I suppose, that I, I really enjoy. So that's always a bonus. I do. I 100% agree with you, Michelle. And I think when you do own and run a business in a town like Swinford, it's, it's much more than a business. It becomes your personality. You know, your team become your family, your customers, they're your friends. You know, it's, we're not faceless business organizations like you might find in a big town or a big city where no, no one knows who, you know, it's, it's your identity. It's who you it's are. Your home. It's yeah. your home. Yeah. And that's what I always said to Liam, like if we moved, when, when we were moving to Swinford, I'm like, I know we're moving home. You know, because this is his home, like, and this is where I walk, I go for walks like every day around class there and you'd meet people like socially distancing, like walking their way and they're waving and they know who you are. They know Liam's family or, you know, his brothers and his parents and all of that. And there's that sense of community. And I would have had that at home because I would have, you know, been, I would have worked in the uh, regional sports centre and uh, in Athlone and I was, you know, playing football. My dad and brothers and everything are hugely involved in the community. So we kind of, I would have been like that at home. So it was kind of like, if I'm going to be living in Swinford, this is going to be my home. I need to make the effort to get out and kind of make it my home as well. And not just Liam's home and sort of find my way of, of, you know, integrating into the community as well and not just relying on Liam, I suppose. Now I think people probably know me more than him. It's great. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're Michelle's wife. What? This is my town. (laughs) I love it. Great. Yeah, that's brilliant and, it, and it's so important and as we encourage like we're constantly I, well, I'm constantly encouraging people Michelle to get involved or to move home or if they're thinking about moving home and that's so important to get involved you can't sit at home and wait for things to happen 
no, no, you have to like, and I, I would be, I'd be a solitary person. I'm quite happy, in my, you know, in my own company and that kind of thing. And I definitely think over lockdown, I've realized how much I think people need that human interaction or that they need that connection. And I would have thought, sure, I'm fine. Like I'm, I'm grand, but it's made me realize even more. And it, it doesn't even matter that you're like in the middle of, I don't know, a lot of people, but I think it's just being around people, you know, um, I think that makes just, I don't know, pets you up or makes you feel good about yourself. And so like, I know as well, like just even being involved in a local community, my dad is retired um, army sergeant and he opened um, a sports shop at home in Moat and he has it like years and years and years. So I've always been aware of shopping local and supporting local and being involved in local. Um, So I just, yeah, I just think that it's a really important part of being involved in a community. you know, doing shopping local, supporting local, being involved in local communities. And as I say, if I wanted to be a millionaire, it wouldn't be a gym I'd be running, you know. Um, so it's definitely something I enjoy. Well, Shelley, thanks so much uh, for joining us and uh, continued success. Thanks a million for having me. So on this week's podcast, we're delighted to have uh, the very talented musician Jerry O'Sullivan with us. And over the years, we've got to know uh, Jerry pretty well in Swinford and Calasser and the areas. He's uh, an acclaimed musician and I suppose his connections uh, root back here to County Mayo and County Cork. So, Jerry, you're very welcome to the podcast. Well, great to be here, Tommy. Great to see you in Cattle. It's, it's good to connect with uh, Swinford Calasser. I suppose you, you know, the first way you would have got into music was listening to records with your grandfather and that really led the way for you. It really was, Tommy. I mean, for me, what, what it, and I always tell people this, what really got me interested in Irish music and, and also the Irish language in later years, but certainly Irish music in the beginning. There was, there was a ritual in the house and um, we didn't have many LPs. I have them now, actually, but my grandfather, who was from Colasser, would get the LPs. Usually it was Sunday afternoon. He'd play the LPs on a Sunday afternoon. And there was one of the uh, Tullock Haley band they made in 1958, the Echoes of Aaron. And there was one of Longford, Ellen Piper, Peter Carberry, and Sean Ryan, the uh, fiddle player from, uh, uh, well, he wound up living in Port Tarlington. But again, two, two sort of great players back in the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s. And uh, yeah, that's that that was sort of that 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 was the caper every Sunday afternoon. So, you know, I'd say my fondest childhood memories was sitting next to grandfather on the settee and listening to uh, listening to those LPs. Grandfather there was from Colasser. Do you mind just letting, uh, letting us know what what your Colasser connections are? Yeah, no, of course, Cattle. My um, my grandfather was Andrew Duffy and there were nine well, eight survived till adulthood. Eight Duffies survived till adulthood. The four brothers uh, came out to New York. The four sisters stayed at home. So I think many of the listeners would remember probably uh, my great aunts and some of their some of their children, grandchildren. But um, for example, uh, my grandfather again was Andrew Duffy. He had a sister, Nora Duffy, who was Nora Egan, Nora McDonald. She had the uh, post office in Calasser in the 1960s, the early 1960s. And it went to, uh, it went to, I think, Tom Egan, Tom Egan, who, you know, only, I suppose, passed away about 20 years ago. Tom was her son. Tom would have been my mother's first cousin. Um, Mary Forkin, who passed away a few years ago, John Forkin's mother, um, old John Forkin's wife, would have been my mother's first cousin. Uh, Nan Lenehan, who was married to uh, Jimmy O'Hara, um, 
was my mother's first cousin. So there, yeah, through through the uh, through my mam's side of the fam through through my mam's side of the family, there were, she had a lot of first cousins in Swinford, and uh, some, some good good Swinford and Canasser names coming through yeah. all right there, Jerry. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and was was that connection with home always always there, Jerry, as you were growing up? Yeah, it was, Cal. You know, it's 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 amazing. I suppose when you're a little fellow, it, it's amazing what sort of sinks in and just growing up hearing about these relations, even before meeting them, you'd sort of know about them. You would have heard about them and you'd know who they were even before you met them. But I was fortunate to, to uh, for example, meet my great aunts in 1973. Um, Aunt Sarah McNulty was down in Rinbrack. Um, Phil Timoney was was her, um, the guard, guard of Phil Timoney was her son-in-law and, and Vincent Timoney was her grandson. So again, sort of more connections through uh, to Swinford and Calasser. Um, but I met Aunt Sarah and I'd met Aunt Nora a number, number of times. Back in 1973, that was actually the first trip to Swinford. I remember it very well, I remember it very, very well. They used to have the, uh, they used to have the, uh, what was it? They used to have the hop over across the street in the hotel across from Tom Egan's. They had the uh, <laughs> pretty basic by today's standards, but they had a turntable that probably cost about 15 pounds back in the day. But no, it was great. Had a great time in Swinford. Was there about a fortnight in 1973. And that was the first time I met the relations. But I'd heard about them. I'd heard about them quite a bit growing up. I had always heard, I suppose, uh, on, on the radio uh, about the Calasser Piper from Calasser Piper. And for years, I didn't know who that was until I met you a couple of years ago, Jerry. And I suppose there's always a really nice uh, feeling when we get to see you uh, back here in, in Swinford. And uh, I'm sure you're always asked, you know, where are you playing tonight so someone can go and have a tune with you? Oh, indeed. No, that's what I miss, Tommy, of course. Myself and myself and many other people miss, miss seeing the people in Calaster, the neighbours in Calaster and the people in Swinford. It's, it won't be forever, thanks be to God. But uh, no, it's, it's great. It's, it's, it's great to, it's always great to be there. And, and there's always a great welcome. And there's always great fun, you know, and it's just, um, I think, you know, the, the last couple of years since I've been spending more time in Calaster and Swinford, you know, it's just sort of the simple things, meeting people, chatting with the neighbors, chatting with people. And, uh, you know, the, the music things aren't planned for the most part. You just hear something and you go where the fun's happening. That That's the usual, usual stuff, interesting story about them. You mentioned uh, earlier about when you come back to Swinford and Calaster, it's kind of unorganized, uh, you know, music sessions and things like that impromptu. But that's how the Calaster flute uh, CD came about. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, that's an amazing st story too, Tommy. It really goes back a little bit further than me I, in terms of the, the, the friendship between the families. Um, the Anne Hanley, the late Anne, Anne Hanley, married to Mark Hanley in, in Dune Manor, and their daughter is Mary Hanley, of course. Um, Anne and Mark and Mary live very close to the Cronleys, just across the road, just really across the road. And, and Mary would tell you, as a child, she would... Um, she loved going up to Cronley's because they'd be giving her all delicious bits to eat and, you know, things, uh, treats, treats that she wouldn't get at, at home as much. So they, they, they tend to spoil her. But Michael Cronley, the flute maker, was in many ways, he was an older brother to Mary. There was that great friendship, you know, between the, the two families, between the Hanleys and the, uh, and the Cronleys. And again, and, and Hanley was my mother's first cousin. Her mother was, Sarah Duffy. So that, that's sort of like the family neighbor connection. And um, 
so what happened, there was a session, Mary very graciously threw a session in her Haushin and Dune Manor. And uh, a couple of years back, about three years ago, it was in, in the summertime. And I was in England visiting my dad, God rest him. And I, I had just sort of come back from that, that quick trip over to uh, Torquay. And it was a wonderful session, absolutely wonderful session. But Michael walks in. And again, you know him very well, Tommy. I don't have to preach to the choir, but Michael walks in, looks at me, doesn't say anything, hands me a box, right? <laughs> so I'm sort of like, uh-oh, <laughs> what's this? So I open it up, and it's a beautiful seven-keyed deluxe D flute, you know, all, all the, uh, every contraption on it, you know, top of the line, beautiful, beautiful piece of work, you know? And I, I was totally, I was mortified because he wouldn't take a penny. I mean, he's... He's one of the most generous people on, on, on the face of the earth, as you know. He wouldn't he wouldn't take a penny for it. So I said to him, Michael, if, if you're not going to take anything, I'm going to have to make a recording with this. It's the only way you'll allow me to pay you back. So I promise you I'll make a recording with this. I'll use it. And I was down at Cronley's um, to, to see Michael and Evelyn and the family a couple of days later. And he pulled the same trick twice, the same hat trick. He, he hands me uh, a little F uh, three-quarter flute, a little F fluting. And it put more pressure on me to make a recording because I wanted to acknowledge the man's generosity and kindness and, and, and uh, wonderful spirit. Um, so it's sort of, again, it was at, at the time, it, it was slightly before the 150th, it was the summer before the 150th anniversary of the parish, of the parish of Colasser, the church being, being um, founded in Colasser. So I thought that the best maybe to do kill two birds with one stone to thank Michael and, and try and do something for the parish of Colasser, the local church and, and the neighbors um, was to make a recording. So it, it actually happened. Um, actually it was the year, Tommy, I'm sorry. It was about a year before mm. it was a year before I needed a bit of time. Actually it was, it, it was about a year and a half before the, the actual 150. It was in November from what I remember. Yeah. But at any rate, to make a long story less boring, hopefully, um, the idea again was to make um, to make a recording featuring Mayo music as much as possible, which is what it was, and and particularly to try and recreate the old Colasser flute band. And um, I used the F flute for that because typically they would either play fives or F flutes mm. in the marching bands years ago, and sort of did all the hits. Talked to a lot of the neighbors were wonderful. Mary Hanley helped me a lot with reaching out to the older neighbors um, and doing research. There, there was one picture that we used in the in the uh, in the booklet, which I'm very proud of. There was one picture we used of uh, Bucky Durkin, and um, Mary had to go around the parish and talk to everybody. That that was a tough one to find out who this this person was in the picture. But the late God rest him, John Maloney, identified him as. Bucky Durkin. He was a local who went out to the States. And when he was home, uh, there was a picture of himself and Charlie Drummer Howley with the, you know, the drums and etc. Mm -hmm. So at any rate, getting back to the point, did a lot of research and Mary was a tremendous help interviewing neighbors. And I, you know, talked to Harry O'Neill out here. Harry's a good buddy of mine. Um, member of the Colasser diaspora lives not too nearby and I keep in touch with Harry. Um, so between Mary helping out and talking to Harry and, and talking to different neighbors, we, we sort of figured out who was in the band, what tunes they played. So 12 of the tracks recreated the, the Colasser flute and drum band, which is a great thing. Actually, you know, 
what what I found about those 12 tracks, everybody, well, I shouldn't say everybody, but everybody over a certain age knows the tunes, stuff like Kelly the Boy from Killan, um, you know, O'Donnell Abu, all the hits, all, all the hits. Um, but they're great. They're great stuff for a flute band. They're mighty music. We talk about musicians there and maybe some of the people you've played with, but I was reading earlier people like uh, Eileen Ivers and Joni Madden, you played with them, but one name stood out for me uh, that I hadn't realised before about was Dolly Parton. Yeah, that was back in 19... When was that, Tommy? Back in 1992. It was... Um, Dolly was making a recording called... Um, uh, let's see something like home songs or there's something like that I, I can see the cover i just can't get the title off the top of my head but it's something close to that it's something like home is is in there and um what she had wanted to do was to add irish instruments to a couple of the uh songs that she was recording so it was i went down to nashville it was myself and alton at, at, at the time. So Alton and myself were down in, in Dollywood for about a week. There were a couple of live concerts and uh, there was some, there were a couple of tracks recorded, but um, she can cut through. It, she, she's, she's a real singer. Incredible. And she did. And again, lovely woman down to earth. No, no airs, no graces, no funny stuff. You, what you see is what you get, you know. Very, I, I can definitely very hear, I can definitely hear, Jerry, the, the music terms coming in there, but also the very, very good English. And that's, of course, I know the other side of life, you're a teacher as well. So I can hear both those coming together. And uh, well, I've been fooling them so far, Tommy. Yeah, I've, I've been a, a, an English literature teacher for, I guess, well, yeah, for quite a while. So that's um you know jerry for as long as i've known you i never knew what you did <laughs> I just... <laughs> yeah well as i tell people Cahill, i work in a genius factory we build <laughs> we build geniuses <laughs> and jerry has the has the irish music opened a lot of doors for you over the years oh it has no it has surely Cahill. It, it's amazing i mean you know it, it it certainly has just in terms of meeting people different parts of the world you know i i, I was fortunate i got to go to for example, I was I was in uh, Israel about twenty years ago, playing with some Israeli musicians. It was an is Israeli Irish music group, and that was great fun. Um, lovely people, had a wonderful time. Got to see the Sea of Galilee in Jerusalem, and it was lovely. Trip of a lifetime, and uh, yeah. So you know, a bit of traveling here and there. A lot of when I was traveling more, a lot of traveling throughout the United States, um, which is grand, which is grand. But I'd I'd, I'd save it all just to answer your question, you know, just in terms of um, what's more important to me would be really meet, you know, the house sessions and, and meeting people. And, you know, if, if you're a traditional Irish musician, you can go anywhere in the world where there's a traditional Irish session and you're welcome. That that's, that's the lovely part about it. You know, it's, it's a, you're immediately welcome and you, you immediately feel at home. So, you know, the session could be in, anywhere, Hong Kong or Tokyo or Dublin or Kalasir or Swinford, it doesn't really matter. It's it's lovely to, it's about the social thing. It's lovely to get out and meet people, play a few tunes, have a bit of a laugh. That's what it's about. I think that's, that's, a, that's a great sentiment, Jerry. And on that, uh, we could talk, we could talk all night, but, and, and I'm sure we'll, we'll get you back on again, but we very much look forward to seeing you in person and seeing you play at, at one of the many gigs that you'll do when you're back in the, back in the area, Jerry. 
Well, Cahill, I, I intend to make up for lost time, and I can tell you the Gateway Hotel will be one of the places where I'll be squeezing the pipes. I can guarantee you that. I look forward to it already, Jerry. Thanks very much. So it's time for this week's local news. And uh, once again, this win for GA 50-50 draw was held on Tuesday night. Uh, the lucky winner this week was Declan Erie. Well done, Declan. And uh, the weekly draw continues every week and the envelopes can be found around town or can be played online at the Swinford GA website. Uh, Swinford GA are also selling the GA club national tickets, uh, which can be get, got through uh, any club officer. And also, if you want to be added to the Swinford GA Club mailing list, uh, you can send an email to swinfordga at gmail.com.
The cooler green lights are now stored away after another successful season. The lights display is raising money for a different charity each year since 2006. This year they collected for the Cheshire home Bohola and raised a total amount of €8,034, which will help them to purchase a minibus to transport the patients from place to place. The cooler green lights is well supported each year and the total amount raised since 2006 has exceeded over €40,000. So a huge thanks to everyone who travelled to view the lights and support the charity and also to the people who donated online and they are looking forward to supporting another local charity next year so big well done to Kevin and all the Hugheses down there in Coolgrain for doing a brilliant display of lights each year and uh, they're always a highlight of the Christmas season So the spend for Pink Lotto continues to grow and it's worth a whopping 16,000 this week um, the pink tickets are available throughout the town and the spend for Community Lotto thank everybody for their support and to let you know that the funds are continually developing sport and recreation facilities here in the community. Are you ready for a lockdown challenge with Swinford Athletic Club? If you are, they are doing a new source of training because they are in lockdown at the moment and they are unable to attend formal training. So they are inviting their members and families to get involved in a fun challenge. Each week they will post a new challenge for you to participate in. The tracking results sheet can be printed off from the website or you can just write up your own. So for more details on how to get involved, you can check out the Swinford Athletic Club's Facebook page. RPM West Autism Group are holding a, fu- a fundraiser in February. It's starting next week. RPM West, a voluntary group working with persons on the autism spectrum, helping them to attend education and sports camps where they can learn and socialize together. Jake and Ava Galvin, whose brother Adam has non-verbal autism, have decided to run or walk 50 kilometers in February to raise funds for this year's RPM West Summer Camp, which runs annually in Foxford. Anyone can join in with their idea or simply donate to their GoFundMe page 15 Feb for RPM West Autism Group. All support will be greatly appreciated. Of course, we found out earlier this week that restrictions are now continuing until March the 5th. So we want to remind you of the new befriending service in the Swinford area where weekly contact is made with anyone who is lonely, isolated or anyone who would like to have a weekly chat. All volunteers are fully trained in Garda Vetted and all calls are completely confidential. If you would like to avail of this service, you can contact 94 9370653. So the Swinford St. Patrick's Day um, is coming up. Uh, unfortunately, again, this year we're, we're not going to be able to hold a big celebration like we normally would. Uh, this year actually would have been the 70th, the celebration of the 70th Swinford St. Patrick's Day, which was a fantastic, would have been a fantastic achievement, I suppose, all going well. But we're looking for ideas we'd like to hold this year's uh, celebrations uh, online, virtually. So uh, we'd ask you to get your thinking caps on. And if you can think of a, a few ideas that we may be, might be able to do for our St. Patrick's Day this year in Swinford. And uh, we look forward to hearing your suggestions. And please contact uh, me here through the Swinford Chats contacts. And I'd be delighted to get in touch with you to chat to you further about them. And just to remind you once again that the Swinford Football Club AGM is taking place on January 31st, that's this Sunday at 7pm via Zoom. Any members wishing to attend can email the club secretary at swinfordfootballclub at gmail.com to receive a link to the meeting. So that brings us to the end of week nine of the Swinford Chats podcast and uh, of course our podcast for the month of January as well. It was time again now for for my question of the week. Uh, last week I asked Tommy... Um, I said Swinford was was famous for the. I said I had the pub on my brain. Well, the pub was on my brain every week. But uh, how many uh, Swinford was famous for? We had the most pubs 
per head than any other town or village in Ireland. We had the most pubs per, per for the population. Do you know how many in total there was, Tommy, is at the the height of the Swinford pub trade. Well, I think this is a bit controversial because there's so many different answers. So I asked so many different people and I, I, I'm, look, I think you should be nice to me this week. And if I give you around the figure, I'm thinking it's in the 50s and in the high 50s at that. That's right. Well, I have 59, Tommy. Would that, would, did you, would that be? That that was one of them. That was one of them. So Yeah, I know. I know James Rowan said the same 52, one for every, every week. Every week. I mean, a lot of the, back in the day, a lot of the, a lot of the shops would have had a, a pub license pub. as well. So, but we were. I know there's a there's a famous article that went around that kind of listed the listed all the kind of pubs licensed premises per head, and Swinford for for every town and village in Ireland had the most licensed premises per head of population. So this week now for your question this week, Tommy, actually I'm going to move out of town a bit this week. Tommy. Okay, I'm going to head out to Milik for my question. Isn't okay. It? Just, just I think it's time to put you under a bit of pressure. Now, just know I, I probably can't if you know I can't go out to me like myself because of the five k restrictions. But look, I'll try and get the answer some way. You, you, you'll be, you'll be able to research, research it somehow. So, Tommy, there was uh, there were two big houses with large estates in Milik. Okay. So uh, I'm going to ask you if you I wanted to tell me next week what those two large estates were were known as. Okay. So Milik was famous for having two two particular two large big houses, and. Uh, so if you so just uh, you'd have to do a bit of I'll have to get the research. research. One of our one of our beautiful uh, local areas. Areas here, that's full of history. Town. We learned that last week with the Swinford Torque as well. So uh, yeah, that's okay. Right. I'll I'll challenge is set for me for this week. Although actually, I just speaking of the Torque, there was a bit of controversy brewed uh, out of that. Someone takes me to say that it was actually found in Colmore. Okay. So uh, we're going to have to do a bit of yes, maybe we'll have to pardon the pun, but we're going to have to do a little bit of digging on it. We can find that out, but uh, Joseph Milik, but uh, someone has contacted me to say that. The, so there's a bit of bit of ownership battle going on there already over the over the Swinford Tor. So that's great. And actually, Joe Joe Mellet has actually kindly dropped me in a copy for each of us of the the 1959 Swinford Echo. Wow! So we'll be able to do a bit of research on that, on and, that. and maybe bring some more social socialist. And the Swinford Echo, Cahal, I, I haven't heard of it before. So what, what was the Swinford Echo? Was so it a paper? Swinford or? Echo used to come, it was kind of like a, a parish magazine that came out. I don't know how regularly did it, did it actually have a regular publishing date or did it just come out? But I think this is the first one and it was 1959. And I have a feeling the last one was probably back around the early 90s. So uh, so we'll be able to do a bit of research on Looking that. Looking forward to, to so, some light reading. Thanks so much, Joe, for dropping that in. We look forward to bringing a few stories from people from the social history of the town and area into that. So uh, thanks again to everyone for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back next Thursday with a brand new podcast. So until then, do stay safe. And Cahal, I bet you thought we had forgotten about you, but we hadn't. It was your birthday during the week, so we wish you a very happy birthday, Cahal. And Jerry O'Sullivan has a very special tune for you now. So have a little listen to this. <laughs>